We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Well, it was a wild weekend in the NFL. We'll get into Kansas City and how the Chiefs escaped Detroit with a win. We'll also talk about fat, dumb, and entitled. That's what Washington State coach Mike Leach called not the other team, his own team following a tough loss on Saturday. Mike Leach, always an interesting soundbite. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs, home of Connecticut. Ross Tucker, home in Pennsylvania. Let's dive into the home market of the Kansas City Chiefs with our friend Carrington Harrison. And the Chiefs managed to escape somehow, some way. Carrington, what a weekend it was. I thought, for me, the Detroit Lions outplayed Kansas City. Really got lucky on a couple of calls that went their way. That fumble might have been the pivotal play in that football game. Your thoughts? I 100% agree with you. I think that the Lions outplayed the Kansas City Chiefs, too, for 58 minutes of the game. But the difference is the Chiefs have the best player in the NFL on their team, and he took them down the field and won. I agree with you when it comes to the fumble. I think the officials actually made the right call, but it was a weird bang-bang kind of play that the Chiefs kind of got lucky on scoring a touchdown. I actually think the Lions probably got a catch when I think he stepped out of bounds, but I also think you can make a pretty strong argument uh, one way or the other. There was a touchdown play in the back of the end zone that the Lions got six for. They overturned it, and they only got three on the possession. So you could certainly make a case for both sides. I came out pretty impressed with the Lions. I wasn't a big fan of Matt Patricia, but I thought that he coached up, and I thought that they did the best job I've seen against the Chiefs defense probably since Mahomes has been in the NFL. It just wasn't enough. So a bunch of stuff for you, Carrington. I guess the first one is, does that victory make you feel better or worse about the Chiefs and where they are right now? I think it's probably about the same, to be completely honest. Like, we all follow the league. I mean, 14 teams right now in the NFL are 2-2. Two and two. I think 90% of the NFL loses that game on Sunday. I think 90% of teams either don't have the quarterback that can get them back or are just further back from the Lions, so they're not in a situation to go down the field. So I would say about the same. I would say, if anything, maybe it does answer is, I think Mahomes is fantastic, but I think it was kind of clear in that game that some of the losses and the injuries that the Chiefs have had have had an effect on the team. I think there's been this belief in Kansas City without having Tyree killed that just because they have Mahomes, he can overcome anything that happens. And yes, they won the football game, but their offense isn't nearly dynamic. Their offense struggles in the red zone, and I think a lot of that is attributed to not having their best weapon. But what did Detroit do from a game plan perspective? What did Matt Patricia do that we haven't seen others in terms of the approach to Patrick Mahomes? I think some of it was Kansas City, like McCall Hardman, the rookie out of Georgia. I don't think that him and Patrick Mahomes are maybe in sync as much as people would like. 
there was some of that. I thought they did a really good job on Travis Kelsey. I mean, a couple of times they would just openly double team Travis Kelsey at the line of scrimmage and dare someone else on the field to make a play one on one. I thought that was pretty smart. Matt Patricia, I give them a lot of credit. It was very Bill Belichickian, if that's how you want to put it, or Patriots like. They were punching the football out. Like sometimes I think fans have this belief that that fumbles are just random, that you can't control them. No, the Lions were out forcing fumbles. There was a play where Sammy Watkins got the ball. He probably got a seven-yard gain. He hadn't been touched. The Lions player is probably like five yards away, so he still has the chance to get up. He gets up, and the Lions player is coming at him closed fist, knowing he's about to punch the ball out. The moment Sammy Watkins got up, he punches the ball out. They force a fumble. I think that Patricia and his defensive staff, they do a great job in teaching forcing turnovers which we see now in 2019, it's hard to stop offenses. you got to just try to steal possessions back. I thought the Lions did a good job with that. I thought they did a good job with making Mahomes uncomfortable. He didn't look as, as comfortable in the pocket. I think some of that is attributed to not having their left tackle, the Chiefs, with Eric Fisher. They just did a really good job of not letting the Chiefs get the big plays and Mahomes get comfortable like he normally does. Are you sure, Carrington, it's not really the fact that a dome is Mahomes' kryptonite. I don't know how we can really come to that conclusion in just one start. Now, I, maybe Mahomes is weird because we think these superlatives about Mahomes, we have no sample size when it comes to him. But I'm not willing to say one game in a dome that now we found the kryptonite for Patrick Mahomes. And a good thing is they don't play in a dome anymore this season, so it's not really going to matter that much. I was just One. kidding anyway, Carrington. <laughs> Dave, okay, Dave right, I don't I'm really. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just messing with you. But it is kind of funny, Dave, that, you know, they had that kind of uh, that the first team to stop Mahomes without actually being able to throw a touchdown pass or two, as the case may be, was in a yeah. dome when people were thinking he might throw for like 700 yards and seven touchdowns since he had never played in a dome before, Dave. I do admit, Ross, I was one who jumped on. I thought Kansas City, given the fact that Mahomes hadn't played a regular season game inside a dome and had been putting up video game numbers thus far, I thought that seven-point spread was nothing. I thought Kansas City would easily cover it and probably win by 20-plus points in that game. But it makes you think that Matt Patricia might be starting to figure this thing out. And Carrington, uh, the one play that was... Quite frankly, vintage Patrick Mahomes has to be he's rolling right. He stares back at the official checking or at least wanting him to throw a flag while running for a first down. Can you explain what happened on that play and why he was looking at the official while running for his life? I thought they were going to call hold on that play. The right guard, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, I think he held on the play and he looked at the official like that's kind of part of the video that we haven't really seen. Like Laurent Duvernay-Tardif looked at the official because I think he was expected in the call hold. And then Mahomes is kind of looking at the official because I think he was expecting him to call hold. And once he realized he wasn't going to call hold, he just ran for the first down. That's probably the most underrated thing in this game is Mahomes multiple times on third or fourth down. It wasn't his arm. It wasn't the no looks. It wasn't the big plays down the field. It was him using his legs to advance the ball and for them to get the first down. He had a critical fourth down conversion on the drive for them to go in. Fourth and eight, the middle of the field just opens up and Mahomes ran. This was the best we've seen Mahomes with his legs. 
Um, looking at that game and then comparing it to the Patriots and the way their defense is playing, uh, what's, what, what are people in Kansas City and what are you thinking right now about how good this Patriots defense is? I know that that game's not for a while and the playoffs aren't for a really long time, but is there concern in KC about the Patriots seemingly having the best defense in the entire NFL this year? I think the concern with the Patriots among Chiefs fans is their schedule is so weak that the Chiefs are going to have to win 14 games to get home field advantage. I think that's been a lot of it, at least with Chiefs fans, is kind of saying, man, I wish we had the schedule that the Patriots had. Um, when it comes to your point about the Patriots, I agree with you. I think they're the best team in the AFC. I think we've seen more than anything is they're just going to need Tyree Kill back in order to beat him. And they're probably going to need Damian Williams. I think there's been the sentiment that Andy Reid can just plug and play all kind of running backs, and he has for the most part in his NFL career. But they're not going to be able to do it with just LaShawn McCoy, and I don't think they have any other consistent running game. They're going to need to get that back with Damian Williams, and they're going to need Tyree Kill back because their offense, it's dynamic. It's lost that big play down the field ability and someone who would do, who can do a consistency and draw attention from other defenses without Tyreek Hill. Like Sammy Watkins is not that individual. McCole Hardman is not that guy. Demarcus Robinson's not that guy. Tyreek Hill is. Travis Kelsey certainly is that guy. The lateral play Sunday was one of the most exciting on the weekend. But you you mentioned the backfield and Fantasy football fans get all abuzz when anybody contributes to this Kansas City offense wondering if this is something you can replicate. You mentioned Robinson, Watkins. Sunday it was Daryl Williams who plows in for two touchdowns on the ground. I think also had three catches for 43 yards. For fantasy fans out there, is that going to be a central part of this offense moving forward or just a couple of fell-in-the-end-zone moments? I think if you're a fantasy owner at this point, Kelsey's the only one that you can count on any level of consistency. Every game this season, he's had at least 80 yards. When it comes to anybody else, it's just, it's just so hit or miss. Sammy Watkins, for example, in the first game had 200 yards receiving. Since then, he hasn't had more than 65 yards receiving. Demarcus Robinson didn't do much in this last game. McCole Hardman didn't do much in this last game. Daryl Williams actually had more yards than LaShawn McCoy in the game against the Ravens, but McCoy was the one that got the touchdowns. It's just been so hit or miss and so finicky when it comes to it. It's probably hard to pinpoint who the guy on the Chiefs offense is going to have the good day. Someone's going to have the good day aside from Travis Kelsey. It's just finding who it is every week that's been the challenge. You just never know who it will be with Patrick Mahomes. Carrington Harrison, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate it. Check with us uh, next week if you can. Oh, I'd be happy to come on. I just want to point out that Ross lied to me about the Cowboys. You let him call me a homer because I said the Chiefs were better than the Cowboys, and I just watched them score 10 points at home to the New Orleans Saints. The Chiefs would never score 10 points at home against anybody in the NFL or on the road. Guess me. what? Guess what, Carrington? The Cowboys wouldn't give up 30 points to the Lions, <laughs> which should have been even more if the Chiefs didn't get every break in that game yeah. with every one of the controversial replay reviews, Chiefs, very, hey, they won. Very fortunate. You're right. The Chiefs' offense is better than the Cowboys' offense, but I can guarantee you the Cowboys' defense is a lot better than the Chiefs' defense.
Well, I mean, being better than the Chiefs defense is such a low bar. Clemson has a better defense than the Chiefs. I don't know if that's the good standard we should be holding teams to. But I told you this last week. There's only two elite teams in the NFL. There's probably four good teams in the NFL. And then there's like 20 average teams in the NFL. Who are the two elite teams? The Chiefs and the Patriots. That's it. There's no other elite teams in the NFL. It's the Chiefs and the Patriots. And then the the Cowboys are good. Seattle's good. The Rams are good. The Packers are good. And then once you get out of that, I'm telling you, team seven through team 25 in the NFL are all average football teams right now. All right, so Carrington, so so you just said that a team whose defense is worse than Clemson's defense is one of the two elite teams in the NFL. Now, you're like our favorite guest, one of our two or three favorite guests. We love you. But now now you're talking in circles. Now you're talking your way into corners that you can't come out of. You can't say they're one of the two elite teams if they've got a defense that's worse than college defenses. Last season, I saw the Chiefs rank 31st in the NFL, and they gave up more third downs than any team in the history of the NFL. And they were an offsides penalty away from having one touchdown given up and three interceptions against Tom Brady and being a seven-point favorite in the Super Bowl. But I'm with you. Their defense is not very good. But their offense might be one of the five best that we've ever seen in the NFL. We're watching the 07 Patriots. We're watching the 2011 Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. That's what the Chiefs' offense is. Mahomes is going to have 4,800 yards and 47 touchdowns this season. They're going to be a one or a two seed. They're going to play in the AFC Championship game. And it just comes down to who's home or who's away against the uh, New England Patriots. Well, they're going to probably be away. And they're not going to win that game, unfortunately. (laughs) Look, it would be great (laughs) if they did. It would be great. uh, Variety is the spice of life. It'd be great. But I don't picture them going up to Foxborough and winning in late January, especially not against that defense. Well, they get Mo Claiborne here coming up in next week because now his suspension is over. That's an improvement over Charvarius Ward, who was getting absolutely picked on that final drive. I think their general manager, Brett Veach, goes out and makes one move at the trade deadline to improve their cornerback situation. And then week 14, they play New England on Foxborough on one of those 325 Nansen Romos, 40% of the country is going to be watching it kind of games. Is that move in the secondary? Some guy down in Jacksonville who was deactivated. Is Jalen Ramsey going to Kansas City? I don't think Jalen Ramsey is coming to Kansas City at the price tag. I don't think they're giving up two ones. If they gave up two first round picks for Jalen Ramsey, they will go four years without a draft, a first round draft pick because 2017 they got Mahomes. 2018, they didn't have a draft pick because they used it to go get Mahomes. Then they traded the pick for Frank Clark. If they traded two first-round picks, they would go four consecutive drafts without a first-round pick. I don't think they're going to do that. If it's a one and a three, a one and a four, I think they'd be very interested in Jalen Ramsey. I don't think they're doing it for two ones. Our friend Jason Lock and Four reported that they did already turn down a team offering two number ones because they felt those two number ones were going to be down low in the first round because that team was too good to be high up. So who knows? Maybe that was Kansas City. Maybe it was Philadelphia. Carrington Harrison, the Eagles. You are our favorite. As Ross said, I think then he then he couched it top two or three. You're our favorite (laughs) guest. 620 Sports Radio in Kansas City. Thank you, my friend.
Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Excellent work from Carrington Harrison always. Speaking of excellent work, Dave, you can't do excellent work unless you work with the right people, like I do with you, by the way, Dave, because our boss, Mike D., did a great job of hiring you. He probably went to ZipRecruiter. Hiring's not easy, but if you know where to go, like Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz, who needed a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, you can do it. You got to get qualified applicants. You got to switch to ZipRecruiter if you're not already using them. They don't wait or depend on candidates finding you. They've got algorithms and stuff. It finds them for you. The technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates and you get them fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Not sure if it's a smart way to motivate your team, your office, your sales managers, whatever business you might work in, a manager tends to motivate his team by inspiring them, by telling them what they are capable of, by shooting for the stars with those inspirational speeches that you hear in, well, mainly sports locker rooms, but maybe office buildings around the country too. That is not what Washington State football coach Mike Leach had to offer Saturday after a very tough loss for his Washington State team against Utah. Now, this followed a epic collapse against UCLA the prior week in which they lost 67-63. Listen to Mike Leach light up his own team after a Saturday loss. Well, we're a very soft team. You know, we get a lot of good press. We like to read it a lot. Uh, we like to pat ourselves on the back. Um, you know, and if we get any resistance, we fold. And what's amazing about this is... Um, uh, most of these guys were on the same team last year that was a tough team. Last year's team was a tough team for us. Um, and uh, we got nearly the same guys, and now all of a sudden they're not tough. You know, they're fat, dumb, and happy and entitled. Fat, dumb, entitled. The HBO Hard Knocks Like College Football series chronicling a couple of programs includes Washington State, and it should be entertaining if that's any indication. But Ross, is that any way to motivate a college football team? 
I really don't think so. And I'm okay if you felt like your team uh, did not play well and they weren't physical, calling them soft. And perhaps even, you know, the entitled part or calling them soft because of the success they had a year ago when they won 11 games, they finished in the top 10. I can see that. I think fat and dumb, uh, that that's a little bit much for me. I mean, I don't think they should call anybody dumb. And even fat, I, I really don't care for. And I guess what bothers me the most about it, Dave, isn't even just those comments. It's just where's the accountability for Leach? Like, I maybe there was more to it. Maybe he said it starts with me. Maybe he said I did a poor job coaching. But if they're fat, dumb, soft, entitled, hmm, maybe you should recruit different players. Or maybe you should do a better job of getting them in shape so they're not fat, coaching them up so they're not dumb, and sharpening their edge in the offseason so that they're not soft and entitled. I mean, really, the more he criticizes the players, the more of a negative reflection it is in my mind on him. And I'm pretty surprised that he would just go to town. I mean, think about, and maybe there's some parents that like it, but if you had a really good 16, 17-year-old son, is that where you'd want to send him? You know, where a guy's going to publicly call him out like that and say he's fat and dumb and soft and entitled rather than taking any personal responsibility. Everybody loves Mike Leach because he's goofy and he talks about mascots fighting each other and he says weird stuff. So everybody likes him. I don't like this part. Yeah, look, you're entitled your own opinion about millennials and about their work ethic. And a lot of people, myself included, do think entitled might be a description that fits, that is apt. But that is not words that you offer publicly. I just can't imagine at the end of the day how this writes the ship for Washington State. And it started going south against UCLA the prior week when they led 49-17 to and managed to lose choke away that football game. And I got news for you, Mike Leach. It is only about to get worse. You have a moment of truth there to inspire your team or to crush them and keep them right where they are. This season will spiral out of control. And now the HBO cameras will be there to chronicle it all. One of the great things we do here on Home and Home, got to get to before this program is up, is we love to hear the callers. Sometimes they are angry. And sometimes they are jovial following a huge win like you saw for the Cleveland Browns over the Ravens in which they scored 40 points and took over first place in the division. Let's listen to one of those outstanding callers, 92-3 in Cleveland following this huge win for the Browns. And your flagship home for the 2-2-0 two, two That's right, baby. Cleveland Browns. Let's go. 92-3 the fan. Open the door this morning, and while there is rain, let the light of great football cascade upon you. Today you let the light in. Today you let the fun in. The, the Everything. Everything. The quarterback played great. The offensive line was better. 
The sex will be better. Everything is yes. better in Cleveland this morning. Especially Finally the sex. Finally it got here. Especially the <laughs> sex. Finally it got here. More about the sex. That was not missionary yesterday. No. That was freaky good stuff. Apologies, because that was not a color. Those were our favorite hosts from 92.3 there in Cleveland. Ken, Carmen, Anthony, Ross Tucker, your last words. Is sex actually better for the fans after a big Browns win? I think everything's better. I think the beer tastes better. I think the food tastes better. And I think, yeah, the sex probably is better. I, I would not be surprised after that win yesterday if there will be some children right. born nine months from now named Nicholas or Baker, perhaps. If you're a Browns fan, that was a big one. Out of all the games yesterday, that was the biggest outcome, I felt like, for the rest of the season. The Browns winning on the road in Baltimore the way they did totally changes in my mind their fate, and their projections for the rest of this year. Some chub babies coming to the city of Cleveland. And I got to admit, Ross Tucker, sex has not been good on Sunday nights in the Briggs house this NFL season because I've been pissed off and angry every Sunday because the devastation my Broncos have suffered, including yesterday when Emmanuel Sanders didn't go out of bounds, minute and a half left, Jaguars go right down the football field and beat my Broncos just like the Chicago Bears did earlier this season. It's no sex Sunday the way the Denver Broncos are playing, Tucker. You know what? You need to, first of all, stop blaming Emmanuel Sanders. That was not very (laughs) smart. But you cannot let Minshew go down the field in that situation. And you can't let Leonard Fournette have 400 yards rushing on you. The Broncos deserve to lose the game. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Nonetheless, hashtag no sex Sunday. Thank you for that. Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos. He's Ross Tucker. I'm Dave Briggs. A wild weekend in the NFL. We'll recap what happens tonight on Monday night. Tomorrow's show, we'll see you then. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com. 